This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, give us all the stars yeah. on iTunes. Hello. Hi, Hammond. How are you? I'm good. It's very hot here in Illinois. It is. We really, like, I mean, Chicagoland is not known for its balmy weather, but we really went from 45 to 90. <laughs> And just, this is where we live now. Right. It'll we snow this weekend, I'm sure. That's how it works. <laughs> uh, so let me start off with an apology. Ooh, Not an apology. Me? I was wrong about Amy Coney Barrett. She's not the SCOTUS pick. Oh, yeah, you were so... Oh. I was so sure she would be. <laughs> so, so I got a push alert about um, the, the actual pick, and I, <laughs> and I like text him and immediately like, ha-ha, you're wrong, because... That's the kind of thing I enjoy. And he had already posted a backup article of the actual <laughs> pick. Like, I mean... I think a couple hours in advance, people were saying, no, it's this guy. Everyone, like, they were like, she's home in Indiana, like, oh. kind of pissed. And <laughs> That's they said not the, a great sign, I assume. They said the same thing about someone else, like, we're stalking his house. He's out here. Uh-huh. And it's like, well, then it's not them. Uh, so it's like, all right, it's this guy. Are we going to talk about him? Yeah, let's, okay. let's talk about Brett Kavanaugh because uh, there's a... The big conversation that I've heard in all the news articles is he's going to be, of course, the fifth vote to overturn Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of things to be concerned about specifically regarding church-state separation mm-hmm. with this guy. And it's not its not like the main thing anyone's talking about with regards to him because it's not the biggest decisions he's made. Like sure. the biggest thing is probably like presidents don't bother them with you know, investigations. He, he has better things to do written well before Trump was in office. Right. But, okay, that's important. That's what people should talk about. So here's what you should know with regards to Brett Kavanaugh when it comes to church-state separation. There's a few, like three different things that okay. really come to mind. Here's the first one. Uh, in 2008, there was an atheist, Michael Newdow. We all know him because he's the guy who tried to get under God out of the Pledge of Allegiance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Newdow filed the lawsuit because of Barack Obama's inauguration. He said, yes. this is going to be religious. You're going to invite pastors like Rick Warren to deliver uh, prayers at the inauguration. John Roberts, the chief justice, is going to administer the oath of office. It's mm-hmm. going to end with, so help me God. Right. This is illegal. This should not be happening. That was his argument. It's a long shot to put a stop to it. Wait, what do you, aside from yeah. the legality, how do you feel about that personally? Um, I think it's to the point where... Which part? The so help me God? Yeah, just sort of swearing in Bibles, et cetera. If Obama were not religious and he had to do it, it's it's one of those things like I know if it becomes an issue, it's going to take over the whole like conversation Mm -hmm. forever, especially Mm -hmm. with him. Yeah. It's like, all right, dude, just say the words and move on. It doesn't bother me as much. If it was, um, I appreciate the stories though when like state, legislators or community ones, they local the Constitution. Ones. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, and some of the members of Congress have done that. They'll swear an oath on the Constitution or some book that's meaningful to them. A couple of them, not all of them. What would you swear on? Oh, I would swear on question. the Phantom Tollbooth. Nice. I love that book nice. so much. So any of that <laughs> stuff is good. It, so the So Help Me God is one thing. The prayers at the inauguration, it's... Again, it's Obama. I mean, if anything, he's the one that's trying to be cautious and inclusive. Right. Compared to someone like Trump, who's like, just make it a sermon because it'll just keep the base happy. Whatever. Here's what happened with Newdow's lawsuit. Um, A judge, uh, without getting into all the nitty gritty, because it's been forever, Mm -hmm. they 
a judge basically said, I'm putting a temporary stop to this because the inauguration's like tomorrow, more or less. <laughs> uh-huh. The inauguration went on and then they continued with the lawsuit because it also applied to future inaugurations mm-hmm. for ju- uh, presidents we did not know about. And basically, <laughs> the judge said, look, none of you have standing. None of you have the right to bring this case about because you didn't really get injured, mm-hmm. quote unquote, by the, what the inauguration was. And even if you were, what do you, what do you want me to do about it? Like, we're not going to go back in time. We're not really going to change any of the stuff. Right. So you don't have standing and you fail to demonstrate how I'm going to make things better for you. So, like, just go away mm-hmm. is basically what he said. He appealed the decision, Newdow did, to the D.C. Circuit Court. Mm-hmm. This is the one Brett Kavanaugh sits on. He happened to be one of the three judges that got assigned this case. And so he ruled on it. Basically, the three judges said, you know what? What the guy said before, what the judge said earlier, it's fine. We're all three going to just say we're keeping that. Um, So they didn't really even rule much other than to say, yeah, the guy was right. The judge was right. Brett Kavanaugh, however, issued a separate concurrence saying, yeah, I'll go along with the you don't have any standing to bring this case. Mm -hmm. But um, actually, I, I lied. Let me take that back. He said, I agree with my colleagues, so go away. <laughs> but I think you do have standing on this case, and I would have ruled against you on the merits. And that's a separate issue. That's <laughs> he. What he said is, you know what? You actually, I don't want to say to you it's not a big deal, or it's like, uh, I don't take your complaints seriously. I do take them seriously. Mm-hmm. I think you have a right to complain about this stuff. I just don't think you're right about it. And what he said is... And this is where it's a weird statement. Pay attention to this. Um, They said that by not having the sermon, by the invocations and by not having the oath of office on the Bible, Mm -hmm. so help me God, that would be government neutrality. That's Newdow's argument. Here's what Kavanaugh said. Um, He agreed with saying others respond, however, that stripping government ceremonies of any references to God or religious expression Mm -hmm. would reflect hostility to religion and would in effect quote establish atheism no he was trying to put him uh, kavanaugh was saying that's what the other side says but then he went ahead and agreed with that devil's advocate okay so he He was devil's advocate but then he went ahead and said yeah but i agree with that Mm -hmm. perspective i mean that's the sort of thing like ken ham says when he's like they're not teaching intelligent design and creationism in science class because they're pushing atheism on everybody that doesn't make sense neutrality is not pushing atheism so that's and we talked recently that there could very well be a legal challenge to invocations at city council meetings Mm -hmm. and one of the arguments is it's just a church service in some of these cities right because they only allow christians to speak what's he gonna say then well they have a right to do it you can't tell them not to blah blah blah. like that's disturbing a second thing and this is quicker that is disturbing about Kavanaugh years ago when the Supreme court ruled that, um, can students deliver prayers over the loudspeakers before football games? They said, no, you can't do that. That's illegal. You're using the school's property. Mm-hmm. This is before a school event. Right. Uh, even if it's student led, I mean, this, everyone's going to assume this is the school saying it's okay. So no, that's that school sponsored prayer. Right. Uh, Kavanaugh was actually one of the people that submitted an amicus brief, like a friend of the court brief saying, let me tell you why prayers are okay. So he was part of that side, too, saying school prayers that are basically endorsed by the school in every way. That's a thing. 
Um, so that's the second one. And then one that just came out this week after he got nominated. We mm-hmm. learned that he gave a speech last year, 2017. Uh, he gave it to um, a group called the American Enterprise Institute. And basically the whole speech was about the greatness of the late Chief Justice William Rehnquist, who was really, really conservative. Mm-hmm. And in it, he was talking about all the things Rehnquist did that were awesome. The one that's getting all the attention is he praised Rehnquist for dissenting in Roe v. Wade because oh, Rehnquist so was on the court brave. back then. Uh, but the other thing he said is that um, Rehnquist maintained that the wall of separation between church and state was a misleading metaphor based on bad history. Based on bad history is what Kavanaugh said. That, you know, Thomas Jefferson didn't really call for a wall of separation between church and state, even though he totally did. And so, so they're, but they're accusing us of being revisionist uh-huh. historians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're talking about originalism and what did the founder, founding fathers say, like, n- no, Brett Kavanaugh wants to undo that. So anyway, all of these reasons, it's he's bad for church-state separation. Yeah. He will be bad on these cases, and not just hypothetically. He has been bad on he's these cases. Paper trail. Even if you think the Newdow case was frivolous or really out there, the prayer case was not. That's a pretty straightforward, like, can schools just let kids pray at school events? Right. And as part of, like, a formal thing, more or less. Uh, he's fine with that. He's, he doesn't think church-state separation is okay. And he said he's using the talking points we always hear from conservative Christians. So disturbing for those reasons on top of all the other really big reasons yeah, to be disturbed this is by him. getting grimmer by the minute, huh? Uh-huh. And I, I would add one thing that cracked me up when covering the story, mm-hmm. which is that within an hour of Trump announcing that he was officially the pick, mm-hmm. this is what happens every time something kind of monumental happens, at least in the church-state separation world, which is when there's a Supreme Court case handed down, you get instant reactions from, like, every group that works on these cases. And the thinking here is we want to make sure that when reporters are covering these stories, they include us. And we want the publicity that comes with that. We Mm want to be your go-to experts, which is... So as soon as he announces Brett Kavanaugh, everyone's going to be writing stories about how Brett Kavanaugh is the new pick for Supreme Court. Uh So, of course, I got a lot of uh, press releases from several church-state separation groups, Americans United, Freedom From Religion Foundation, etc. And, of course, they all had pre-written a lot of this stuff, assuming he would be one of the top picks. Uh And they said, like, here's why he's bad on our issues. We want our followers to oppose him. We want our members to say no to him. Here's why he's bad. And, of course, I also got press releases from Christian groups saying Uh why he's great. Okay, none of that's surprising. It happens all the time. One surprising thing is that the American Family Association, another religious right group, very conservative, Mm -hmm. their president, Tim Wildman, Wildman? I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Wildman. Um, (laughs) He sent out a press release within minutes, like everybody, Mm -hmm. because they had prepared this in advance, Mm -hmm. too. Here's what he said. Judge Kavanaugh is simply the wrong nominee, even a bad nominee. Based on his written opinions, Judge Kavanaugh has demonstrated a deficiency in a constitutional judicial philosophy of a limited judiciary. They're calling him an activist judge. They're slam on liberal judges. Some of his decisions may have been favorable, but several of his opinions about those decisions contain problematic language. Uh Uh-oh. Hey, problematic (laughs) is our word. (laughs) Yeah, like basically he's just mad that Kavanaugh 
Kavanaugh isn't conservative enough, even though he was on an appeals court that kind of has to listen to what the Supreme Court says. Mm -hmm. So even uh, in cases where the Democrats will, you know, say, well, you rule this way. We know what he's going to answer in the confirmation hearing. He'll just say, well, I was bound by precedent. I had to say that. That's what the law requires. That's what every justice says. Mm -hmm. Um, And the American Family Association is like, well, he said that in a briefing and like we expected him to go further is basically their (laughs) argument. He's too moderate. The funniest thing is every other religious right group is like, he's great. Everyone go support him. We know there's going to be a fight. Go call the senators. Right. And AFA was the one big group that's no. And so naturally, the next afternoon, they send out another email. And now they had a new and improved statement. Wait, really? (laughs) Did they backtrack? They totally did. Oh, my God. Here's the backtracked press release. By the way, they wiped their website clean of that original (laughs) one. But they they can't undo the email they sent. We got that. Here's what they were saying now. AFA has opposed the nomination of Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court for some valid reasons. We were deep. We are deeply concerned about how he might ultimately rule on issues related to abortion and religious liberty. But for these reasons, we consider this nomination to represent a four star appointment when it could have been a five star. (laughs) However, after hearing the concerns of some of our supporters and after hearing the passionate defense of Kavanaugh by many we consider to be friends in the pro-life movement, We're willing to let this play out. So they went on to say, we have no plans to fight Trump on this nomination. Oh, my God. (laughs) What happened here? Either their donors are like, what the hell are you doing? That's exactly what happened. Or (laughs) higher up the food chain was like, actually, guys. Right. Or they realize, hey, we all sent out our press release at the same. Oh, 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 we're wrong on this. Oh, to see the look on their faces when they were seeing the emails from all their other organizations. Because I'm sure they all thought we're on the same page. We want Is Amy- that not what we were doing? I thought we were all going to do this <laughs> right? thing. Because I'm sure they all said to each other in private and in public, like, we want Amy Coney Barrett. She's one of us. Yeah. Like, she's super conservative. <laughs> and it's true. Like, Kavanaugh was not the most known for being anti-abortion because he never had really a chance to rule on it. (laughs) Uh, We just kind of work off of what he said, and it's pretty clear he would be. But the other ones were very vocally against abortion. (laughs) You could point stuff. So, like, they thought they were clearly doing the right thing here, that everyone would be like, Trump, nominate someone more conservative. Right. And nope, everyone else had decided, (laughs) no, we're totally supporting anyone Trump nominates. Oh, God, it's like going oh, to a Halloween so party and you think everybody's going to dress up so you come in full costume and everybody's <laughs> just wearing like an orange shirt and you're like, I thought, are right. we not? I did makeup. You said dress up? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I'm so embarrassed for them. Uh, so here's what the thing I, I want. I misread the room so bad. <laughs> <laughs> totally. There will be a time, maybe. Okay, w- Kavanaugh's going to get confirmed. When the moment comes, if ever, when he happens to be like the fifth vote on a liberal issue or you're John Roberts saying Obamacare is legal or whatever, I want someone to remind me that the AFA said that was going to happen before backtracking and saying... We Kavanaugh the whole time forever. (laughs) Right. Um, I just need someone to remind me of that if and when that moment ever arrives. If we have any listeners in Maine, can you call Susan Collins and tell her to like... Get her backbone straight because we kind of need her on this one. Yeah, she won't. I mean, here's my latest prediction that I would love to be wrong about, but she won't. She'll just say yes. I mean, you were wrong last week, and I'll remind you that forever. I know. There was 
uh, I forgot which organization put it out, but they're like, here's where all your senators stand on the nominations. Mm-hmm. And most of them are like, even among Democrats, it's like, these are the ones who are leaning toward voting against him. But these are the ones that said they're not. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Republicans. And there was a list of ones who were toss-ups, but like, no one's really a toss-up. But they had a lot of the uh, Democrats from red states. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Susan Collins, not even in that column. Are you fucking She was on the, she's me? already said she likes him, so... Wait, are there any Republican Congress? No, no, not a single one. Uh, They had Jeff Flake on the list of toss-ups. And Jeff Flake's like, I'm not going to oppose. He already said, I'm not going to oppose Trump's nomination. So, like, no one's going to do it. I just... You're putting your hope in a Republican. That's a mistake. Yeah, listen... Yes, you're right. <laughs> and I've been burned before. You would think right. I would learn Maybe by one now. day they'll do the right thing. Hasn't happened yet. Uh, really? John McCain John once? John McCain did a thing once, remember? Yeah, once. And, and so and did Collins, Collins and Murkowski. And but Murkowski. I don't have faith that the both of them will do it on this one. Uh, Supreme Can Court justice believe- different than killing people through not giving them health care. Is it, though? Is it, though, when we're talking about the overturn of Roe v. Wade, Hammond? Is it? Are yes. you sure? In their mind, they don't care enough about it. Um, can you? Okay. I'm trying to decide if I should be shocked or, like, not shocked at all that he nominated another white dude. Yeah, I was... I- in retrospect, I really, we shouldn't be surprised by that no, at all. No, no, not at all. But like... I was surprised because he had the opportunity with Barrett last week where I'm like, he could try to tell people, look, I picked a woman. Don't yeah. call me sexist. Don't call like, me sexist. And could. like, I don't want the optics of five dudes who are going right. to go after weight. Like that's Right, I that's thought it not... was such an easy way to do it. There was also an Indian guy on their list what? too, on the short list. Who's, you? Was it you? Yeah, no. <laughs> But it's one of those like Ajit Pai type of like a rod shot. The, the Indian people who are like they don't represent what most Indian like it's a oh, like the, it's the Clarence Thomas type of ninety nine percent of black people oppose what you're doing. One percent supports you, and you went with oh, the one so like Bobby Jindal, so that and sort of thing. What's her face? And he didn't pick that guy. He wasn't even on the short list. He was just on the long list. So it's like you had a chance to go there if you wanted to, and you could have pretended like you were not sexist or not racist. Mikey totally just ignored a lot of fun of me because I was like, I cannot believe he put a dude into this like into this. He's like, what are you talking about? Why would he like willingly give a woman power? What are you talking about? And I was like, I just thought that at least somebody there would be like, (laughs) hey, the optics of A, putting a second white dude in a year on the bench and B, like... And you get everything you want. Like, all the... What what does he care about? He doesn't... Just stay away from my business and stay away and just... I mean, it has to come down to to that guy saying like, oh, I don't think presidents should be able to be on trial. Because, I mean... It had to be. Because of his history... And okay, here's what I'm hoping. Yes, probably Kavanaugh will be pushed through because also surprising because he's a decade older than Barrett. Like they, yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah, um, but his his history means that he has like a really long paper trail in terms of like emails with like when he worked in the White House. <laughs> right. He's issued a lot of opinions. He's he has a lot of history that will take forever to comb through. Right, and, and so when Kagan got nominated. Nominated is yeah uh-huh. nominated. They there was this whole thing of like we need to read everything she's ever wrote, written, like including all of her like intra office emails. He's got a similar yeah. um, paper trail, so I think what would make me the most angry 
is, I mean, yes, it would really piss me off if Democrats voted to affirm this guy like that would really piss me off. But if they don't even put up a stink of like, hey, you assholes asked for this when Kagan got nominated. You decided this is how the game is right. played. We, we're all going to play by the same rules I for once. I have no doubt Mitch McConnell will be like, we're just voting next week. I hate him yeah. so much, that dumb turtle. <laughs> he got, did you, he got like booed out of a restaurant in yeah, Louisville or something like that. Thoughts and prayers, buddy. Oh, well. oh my god! Like I have a weak chin, but he like makes me look like <laughs> fucking John Travolta. Okay, want... okay. Here's the craziest story I read this week, mm-hmm. and I it came in my inbox really late at night, and it's Uh-oh. one of those like before I go to bed, What's I'm the like story about heaven. <laughs> I, I saw the email. I'm like, as soon as I wake up, I'm gonna listen to this thing. <laughs> so here's what happened: uh, EWTN. It's a Catholic TV network. It's like the cat, the one Catholic channel. They also have a Sirius XM. Uh, station, cool. so Catholic radio, right? Uh, one of the shows is a call-in talk show for Catholics. Nice. Again, all right, they they have that apparently. Fine. The person who sent me the link basically said, "I was like driving my car and I heard this on the radio, and I'm like, the hell is going on?" He found the link and sent it over, and basically, oh on god, the show, did, did I respond to your tweet about this? You may have. Here, I'll. Here's the show. It's called Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. Yes. Uh, A woman called in and she was basically saying, God, it has a sense of humor. Let me tell you a story about how God works his way into my life. And basically what what she said is she does, I don't know if she does charity work in a hospital or she visits a hospital, but she often brings communion wafers with her to the hospital for patients, which by the way, I don't know if you're allowed to do that for outsiders to give patients food. I don't know if she's giving it to staff, whatever. But she said, I went to the hospital and I gave communion wafer to this one lady. I don't know who the lady is, but it's somebody at the hospital. Okay. Okay. I'm going to quote what she said on this radio show. I gave this one lady communion and she immediately puked. And I felt like, what are you supposed to do? Because for Catholics, they think this is literally the body of Christ. Uh So not a metaphor, literally the body of Christ here. So the lady goes on. And so I gathered, you know, all the vomit and the host in this little plastic bag. And then I started thinking, how can I just leave Jesus there? That's just disgusting. What can I do? I swallowed it. I swallowed the whole bag. Ha, ha, ha. Then she laughed. Then she laughed about swallowing the whole bag. I assume not the bag itself, but the contents of the bag. And she's laughing and she says, I did. I couldn't stand to leave him there. By the way, the host says nothing. During any of this. And then this lady continues and says like, ha ha. And then I went to mass and I was in the choir. And guess what the song was? Look beyond the bread you eat. See your savior and your God. That's the lyric. First of all, that is not rhyme. <laughs> but, yeah. And it's like, she found meaning in this. And she goes on laughing. I mean, that was definitely no coincidence. That was, he was saying, God was saying, yup, I appreciated it. That's her story. That is wild. Because in her mind, she thought the vomit was the, the thrown up body of Christ. Stop saying it. I, I can't stop. I it's like the it's like the Catholic version of the aristocrats. Like, dude, you're going on with this story oh, and no. you're done with the crazy part. No, no, and like no. you think the punchline is God's 
coincidentally trying to send you a message. It's like, let's go back to the thing. By the way, the host never says the hell is wrong with you. Yeah, what does he say? <laughs> the guy did not speak up here. The lady was the one answering the question, but she just, she never said anything other than like, <laughs> that I wouldn't do the same thing, but <laughs> all right. Classic Jesus. Classic Jesus has a sense of humor, I guess. Oh no. What the hell? I hate it. And again, this is a call and talk show. They're the only two people talking. It's not like other people can chime in here and say, what's wrong with you, lady who is doing all this? Gross. Yeah. So Um, again, it's... It's not just the, the, the whatever she did. Uh-huh. It's the, sometimes you can be a little too devout. And we talk about, you know, there's a problem with when you believe. And is it really harmful when you believe this stuff? That sounds harmful. Yeah, that sounds literally harmful. You're probably eating human Ew, waste. That's wrong. in the hospital. Like, who knows what was wrong know, with her? I know, I know. So, yeah, that was a real thing that I, I've heard people tell me, like, she must have I, been a troll. But I'm like, I listened to that call before and after that part of the message, like, sounded legit as far as that. Like, it's a weird thing to troll about because no one was supposed to even listen to that. Like, no one's listening to this show. Right. So, except for this guy who was scrolling through on his drive home one day. Oh, thank you, and I hate you, whoever sent that in. Uh, I Um, will say thank you to everyone who responded with memes of just the clockwork orange eyes wide or people making faces. No, no, I don't like it. Um, Are you, were you planning on talking about the other Christian radio host about um, how Ben Kavanaugh isn't a real man? <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, that's what I when you mentioned radio, I thought that's what you were talking about because I Hemet just tweeted this out and I just re- like I was at work and I read this headline and my face just like explode like I had so many emotions about this. Yeah. This um, is Jesse Lee Peterson, who is a black conservative radio host who just always says the craziest shit. His the headline that I haven't tweeted was Christian radio host, Colin. Brett Kavanaugh has two, daughter, two daughters, so he's not a real man. And holy shit, what is that? <laughs> yeah, um, the exact thing I've that got, he, I've got yeah, it please. in front of me. Um, so he, they're discussing, um, discussing what his, Brett Kavanaugh's remarks were when he uh, accepted the nomination. Um, and he was concerned, what's his name, Jesse Lee? Peterson. Peterson was too concerned that he was focused on women in his life. Because his acceptance speech was like, I want to thank my wife and my daughters oh, and, and the teachers, my mentor, mom, yes. Because, you know, if you, if you have a mom, you can't do horrible things to women legislatively. It's <laughs> science. Uh, quote, during his speech, it was all about his mama. He always, he always loved his mama. That was all about the impact that his mother had in his life while he was growing up, how she influenced him, even though he was raised by his father, too. He gave this big, big old long speech about his mother, and then right at the end, he said, oh, yeah, I love my daddy, too. So that concerns me. He's a mama's boy. (laughs) The other thing is, he has no boys. He has only girls, referring to his children. Real men make boys first, and I noticed (laughs) that most men are not real men anymore, and they are making girls. What? Didn't realize we had that option. Which makes me, like, what did he want Brett Kavanaugh to do? Have an abortion when he realized it was going to be a girl? I don't know what he wanted. I don't, yeah. That makes Brett Kavanaugh and the American Family Association for two minutes, like, the only right-wing people who oppose Kavanaugh. Um, Also, (laughs) although the, the funniest thing about this is I believe that it's, 
the sperm that determines the gender. So, like, at least he's sort of in the neighborhood as opposed to, like, Henry VIII who kept killing his wives. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's getting closer, I guess, yeah. right? Oh, man. Anyway, that guy's always good for, uh, how the, who thinks this way? That was, who that was a wild ride from beginning to yeah. end. This happened in Kentucky this week, and it's... It's weird. Uh, this, <laughs> yeah. this story goes back a couple of years, but basically a guy who lived in Ohio for many years, uh-huh. he had a license plate. He's an atheist. He had a license plate that said, I am, literally, space, G-O-D. I'm oh, God. God. It was funny. He thought it was hilarious. Whatever. Fine. He moves to Kentucky. He expects to get that plate, too. He just wants to see, I mean, if it's available, he should be able to get it. <laughs> and Kentucky told him, you can't uh, have that. They said it at first. They said it was obscene or vulgar, which no, it's not. <laughs> then they said it wasn't in good taste. But again, he's not saying like God sucks. He's just arguing. I, 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 I could I could see the argument that it's not in great taste. So great fine. Taste. So anyway, he filed a lawsuit uh, a while back saying the DMV's actions violated his free speech. Um, he also said Kentucky sells you a license plate template mm-hmm. that says in God we trust. Like they have no problem with people talking about God. Right. So why are you singling me out uh, for any of this? And uh-huh. that lawsuit, we haven't heard back from the courts yet. They're uh-huh. still deciding this case. So fine. Well, maybe they'll say, you know what? They had a right to do it. Sure. Okay, fine. In the meantime... Something weird happened this week, which makes you wonder, is Kentucky responding to this lawsuit in advance? Because if you're Kentucky, think about this. Let's say they want to make the argument that they have the legal right to tell this atheist he can't have his license plate. Well, then they better make sure on on the basis that you can't talk about religion Uh on your plate. That way they're saying, look, we're not singling out atheists. It's applied to everybody. Mm -hmm. You just can't have a religious license plate. But then that means they got to say that to the people who have pro-religion which license plates are in mir- Kentucky. Which are myriad in this area. <laughs> yeah. So they told they sent a letter to a woman named Susie Burton, who for years has had a plate that reads P-R-A-Y-4. Pray for. She actually wanted... Pray for whom? Pray one or whatever, and it was taken. And then... <laughs> She went down to two, three, taken, taken, and then she's like, pray for is okay. She's like, oh, that makes sense, because you pray for something. That was her argument. So fine. She has a license plate that says pray for. Okay. And she had it for years, but this week, or last week, rather. You know, I actually saw that. I saw a picture of the plate, and I was reading the license plate frame, because I was thinking, like, (laughs) is it, like, pray for, like, Miles of Kentucky or whatever? (laughs) Pray for Lexus of Lexington. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's what I was like trying to figure out, like parse the meaning of it. Right. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, so the state wrote her a letter saying she had 20 days to return that license plate to the county clerk's office yeah. or they would cancel her car's registration. Ooh. Like they're not fucking around here. Really? That's the one they picked out was pray for. <laughs> yeah. She actually said to the media, like, I want to say, how dare you? You have people driving without licenses and without yeah. insurance and you're coming after me. But I guess the idea is they don't want any religious license plates around so they could tell the atheists, like, we're not picking on you. See? That's my, that's my thought. We've always believed this. <laughs> and by the way, the media, the reporters also said, you know, there's a case right now with this guy with an I'm God license plate. What do you think about that? You know what she said? She said, well, it offends me personally, but that doesn't mean he can't have it. Yes, girl, get Thank it. Thank you. Yeah, good. Okay, so fine. So she complains about this, and of course, this becomes a bigger story. This, you know, Kentucky with Governor Matt Bevin, who's super religious, they're going after this poor religious woman. 
by the next day. She didn't ask for any of this. (laughs) By the next day, she was getting an apology from the DMV saying, you can keep it. It's fine. We sent it to you in error. (laughs) They said you never should have gotten the letter to begin with because it didn't go through the proper channels. Um, whatever. Oh my God. Sounds like they didn't like the publicity that was anti-Christian or made them seem anti-Christian. So they fixed it immediately. But now this raises an interesting question. Uh, the Kentucky law says Mm. you can't disparage or promote a specific religion. God isn't a specific religion. God is not a specific religion. Neither is pray for. Right. And that was her argument. She's like, it's a general thing. A lot of religions say it's okay to pray for people. She's right. And saying, I'm God. (laughs) This woman is the unexpected hero of this story. (laughs) (laughs) And saying, I'm God, even if you're mocking it, it's not mocking a specific religion. Right. It's, It's general. So it's going to be interesting to see what the courts say, because if you allow that woman to keep her license plate, on what grounds could you say no to that guy? That's that's the question I'm yeah. trying to figure out. We don't have and the answer. Also, and also, holy shit, Kentucky, like you have bigger fish to fry, my dudes. Like, <laughs> go look up the taxes of of uh, the Ark Encounter. Like, maybe yeah, right. focus some resources there. Yeah. So oh, interesting. Man. I don't know what they're going to do with that. Wow. Um, I actually have a few pieces of good news, but I'm going to do what? them at the end. All right. Um, actually, I have all but one. This is my only, like, not great news, but it's kind of satisfying anyway. Okay. So, uh, Paula White. Yeah. Uh, she is Trump's spiritual advisor, which, would this be what Billy Graham was? Uh, yeah, okay. in a sense. Um, in theory, nonpartisan. I'm just here to offer advice to you. Sure. You in theory. Um, so there has been much made of the fact that we are separating refugee children from their parents, especially those who remember the part of, um, of the Bible when like the same kind of jam happened to Jesus. And, um, they seem to like him a lot. And they took him away from his parents. What he, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry that he was, <laughs> he was seeking, he was applying for refugee status uh-huh. in, in zero BC. Yeah. Um, anyway, so. Zero BC. Is that the. Is that when he was born? Sure. Zero. Close enough. Zero. He was born in zero. And he was born in six. I mean, what? You, well, it's not supposed to make sense. It's religion. Oh, that's actually, I actually have no <laughs> idea if he's right or not, but I'm going to go with him. So, um, so she was on uh, the Christian Broadcasting Network, um, and she was she had been visiting a foster care facility in Bristow, Virginia, and allegedly this pl- or the reportedly this place was taking care of migrant children, and like you you guys don't need me to tell you like what crazy nonsense is happening with this thing that they're just like I don't know who your parents is here's this parents they're all the same, um, so um, she was asked to reflect on the Bible verses that came to mind during her visit. And she said that many, um, and she responded that many Christians continue to misconstrue the story about Jesus's escape to Egypt because he didn't do it illegally, Hemant. You see, <laughs> quote, I think so many people have taken biblical stri- scriptures out of context on this to say stuff like, well, Jesus was a refugee. Um, yes, he did live in Egypt for three and a half years, but it was not illegal. If he had broken the law, this is a very important phrase that we're going to circle back on, Hammond. Mm-hmm. If he had broken the law, then he would have been sinful and he would have not been our Messiah. Because he would have sinned. Because he would have sinned. So a lot, there's just a lot to dig in there. And I actually kind of want to read some of this article because they pulled quotes from like 
really good, like religious scholars that yeah. sort of thrilled me. Um, so uh, Matthew Sorens, who's the national co- uh, national coordinator for the advocacy group Evangelical Immigration Table, he said the concept of quote illegally entering Egypt hardly applied during Jesus's time, centuries before the ex- existence of modern nation states that issue passports and visas. Quote, we have no reason from the text to think that his parents requested refugee status in advance of their flight. Much like many Salvadorian and Honduran families who are fleeing gang violence, their their response to a credible threat to their family's safety was trying to reach a foreign country where they would be safe, protected from those seeking to do them harm. Which is, yeah, pretty on the nose. Um, Another one was... um, Rev, uh, he said that they were legally. Uh, for, fortunately, whether or not they were legal, this guy said, fortunately, Egyptian authorities did not exercise any kind of zero tolerance policy, which is excellent. Um, and then uh, another really important thing, because she did say if Jesus had ever broken the law, then he wouldn't be their Messiah. Um, Sorens also questioned the idea that breaking a governmental law is always sinful, as White's comment implies. I wouldn't say implies, I would say explicitly says, but that's editorializing. Uh, he pointed to Bible passages about Jewish midwives denying an Egyptian's ruler, ruler's order to kill male children, and to stories about Jesus' apostles being in prison because they were on the wrong side of Roman's laws. Jesus himself was critici- criticized by community leaders of his time for breaking religious law and was eventually executed by the state. Yep, he broke the laws. That's kind of his thing. Yep, that was... I also heard from uh, some Christian pastors online who were saying, you know, he was crucified as a felon under Roman law. There are portions of the New Testament written from prison. Yeah. Like, Paula White, a pastor, should know that. She should know that. Um, Sorens also said the Bible uh, gave Christians instructions for relating to the civil authorities in ways that honor the law, but it never claims that all laws are just or should be obeyed. So... Yeah. My favorite phrase associated with all this was just theological malpractice. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. That's very good. And it's bad. I mean, it's one thing for people to twist the Bible to kind of justify whatever Trump is doing. Yeah, but she. This is just totally getting it wrong. Yeah. They wouldn't even say this in church that he didn't break the law. They like saying that he broke the law because for the it was for the right reasons. Yeah, and and these people came after him, and and they shouldn't have cool rebellious leather jacket vibe (laughs) that that everybody wants Jesus to have. Yes. Uh, What else do you have? I have a story from Pennsylvania. This is it's it's been going on for so many years. And it's still a thing. So this goes back to, I think, like 2012. And I remember around this time, this is when all those atheist billboards and bus ads were going up everywhere. Some of them were in your face. Some of them were pretty meek that and mild. That was a huge trend in like yeah. 2012, 2013. Yeah. Lots of them. And one of the questions we joked about on the website is like, some of these ads are pretty not controversial right. at all. American atheists might have had, you know, you know it's a myth mm-hmm. around Christmas time. That's supposed to be provocative. Mm -hmm. But some of them are like, you know, we can be good without God. Mm -hmm. And people were still getting upset about it in the news. They would always interview some pastor who's like, I can't believe they would say that. Whatever. It was just, what are you complaining about? And so we kind of joked on our website, what's the least offensive thing that you could put up there that people would still get mad about? And Richard Wade, who's a contributor to the site, mocked up a bunch of like, here are kittens. Atheism, it's okay. (laughs) 
made a couple mock-ups and stuff. And this, uh, a group in Pennsylvania, the Northeastern Pennsylvania Free Thought Society, Mm -hmm. and one of the atheists who was a member of it, Justin Vacula, they basically paid for a bus ad with the County of Lackawanna Transit System, which Mm -hmm. is Colts. They said to Colts, we want to put up an ad on the trains or the buses or whatever. And it's just, it's a sign that says, atheists, period. (laughs) That's it. And on the side, it had uh, the NEPA, N-E-P-A, Free Thought Society with the URL Uh and American Atheists with the URL, kind of off to the side. But really, it was just a sign that said atheists. And it got rejected. Oh, my God. And (laughs) they actually said it was too controversial. Too controversial. Like, they didn't even make an argument. Yeah. (laughs) They just said the word atheist. That's bonkers. And the argument from cults, the people running it, basically, was that we won't allow our vehicles or property to become a public forum for the debate and discussion of public issues. We don't want to put anything about religion or politics. Well, and I'm sure if you dig back there. into their history, they've always held true to that. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. So, and the thing is, like, debate discussion, this wasn't even making an argument for or against atheists. Uh, right. So yeah. you can't even really <laughs> argue that. So Justin wondered, maybe the issue is American atheists, because they are provocative. So maybe if you just remove them. So he resubmitted it with atheist period and just NEPA Free Thought Society with the URL. Uh-huh. They said no to that too. And around this time, they voted, cults voted on a new policy where they said very explicitly, we will not accept ads that promote the existence or non-existence of a supreme being or deity, blah, blah, blah. I mean, were they consistent with it? Well, so it didn't look like, and by the way, he tried one more time uh, to submit a thing. He submitted a third time. This time it, in big letters, it said NEPA Free Thought Society with the URL. Took out the word atheists. Mm-hmm. This time they accepted it. Oh, but it's it's an atheist group. So well, it's a free thought group, Hammond. It's a free thought group, but it's like, do they not know, either? They don't know what the group is, or they're relying on the kind of people who would write mean letters about atheist bus ads to not Maybe. know what free thinking like, is. So they're not okay with atheists, but they're okay with a group promoting atheism. Right. If you go to the URL, which is on the billboard, it made no sense. And the thing is, in a lawsuit that they later filed, mm-hmm. they said, in this time that we've been arguing about this, here's what has been allowed to go up oh, on the system. An ad for a local Catholic church, an ad for a local Lutheran church. They have specific names here. Um, A devotional alliance, another church, a school board candidate. So politics. Yeah. A beer distributor, which may be (laughs) controversial. And an an ad for the Old Forge Times, which is an online blog that linked to anti-Semitic material and Holocaust denial sites. And like... You have controversial stuff. You have political stuff. You have religious stuff. Even if the church ads were saying, come to our church, that's a religious message right. of sorts. And that was the argument from the atheists. That's, I mean, like, that's no more or less religious than... Than the word atheist. Right. <laughs> so anyway, this has been going on forever. This lawsuit, it's been winding its way through the courts forever. It happened in like 2015, the lawsuits. Uh-huh. And this week, we finally got a decision from a district judge in the case. And the judge said they have every right, Colts does, to reject the atheist ad. And what the judge said is the court finds that Colts advertising space is a limited forum and that Colts did not violate your First Amendment free speech rights by saying no. Um, They said the restrictions are neutral and reasonable. Which, again, it seems hypocritical because they allowed... If they were consistent. Right. Fine. But they're not. They're not. 
And so we're waiting to hear if they're going to appeal this to a, a, if they're going to appeal the decision, because I think you could easily make a case that not only was when you accept an atheist group's advertisement, but Mm -hmm. not the word atheists, and you're saying yes to church advertisements, you can make a case that they're selectively saying no to atheists. We know what you're doing. So I hope they appeal it. They haven't announced that, Uh but it's sad that that's how this finally came to an end, at least temporarily. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you hear that Papa John um, was... Rejected from Dude, Papa John's. Papa John. Dude, fuck that guy. Isn't the Domino's guy super Catholic too? He. It, there's actually a really good episode of The Dollop about the guy who who started Domino's, and it's a pretty wild story. Um, but so. So what Pop- did Papa John do? Papa John. Okay, first of all, he is an alumni of my alma mater, Ball State University, which is of no small embarrassment so to you me. So you are. I am third party racist. <laughs> exactly. Um, like Papa John initially, he sort of came on our collective radars when they talked about providing health insurance. He was like, I would have to raise prices of pizza a quarter per pizza. And everyone's like, okay, <laughs> that's fine for your garbage pizza. Right. Like <laughs> the thing is like, I love garbage pizza. Like Domino's is my favorite pizza. Yeah. Papa John's is such fucking... If you're not in the United States, Papa John's, like Domino's, Pizza Hut, Papa John's are all of the of a similar ilk. Um, Papa John's is most notably frequently on commercials with Peyton Manning, who's wearing his jersey tucked into je- to okay. dad jeans, and they're doing some really natural acting together. <laughs> but anyway, so Papa John was on some kind of um, a, a, a call, and he dropped an N-bomb on this call. <laughs> Like I think it was like a uh, like a uh, What's marketing the context call. for that. I don't know because I did not want to read it. But he was <laughs> like, "Oh, I misspoke," and it's like, "Dude, I've never accidentally like there are so many hours and days of footage of you and I talking. I've never accidentally dropped an N bomb on air, like where people can hear me or not hear me. That word makes me deeply uncomfortable. Um, so anyway, he's a racist monster and. Um, Thankfully, in response, the Papa John's brand... And I don't even know... I don't know his last name. Shatner. Bill Shatner? Like Shatner. Oh. Gotcha. Papa John Shatner. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he... Uh, they uh, went ahead and uh, gave him Schnatter. the... Schnatter. Schnatter. Had to double check. I thought you were trying to make a funny, like, William... No. Sh- William... Schnatter. Shatner joke. Well, good thing you dropped the last name. That's not a You're strong welcome. marketing last name. <laughs> um, and they they uh, they gave him the old heave ho, so he's no longer part of that. I'm Bye, still not going to eat their garbage pizza, but like at least he's not like they they're like taking his face off everything. We don't have to see his dumb weird plastic surgery face on TV <laughs> anymore. So like net positive, I would say. But you know, can I eat his pizza again? I'm okay with it. It's good. <sighs> I like the garlic sauce. Yeah. I like the pepperoncini that comes with it. The pizza is garbage. He's gone. It's okay now. No, you can eat it again. I, Excellent. I, I grant you permission. I have so little to be excited about. <laughs> Let's talk I about... I think we still have... You know when we got pizza when we watched Star Wars? I think it's still in my fridge. Yes. <laughs> it's like a month ago. Anyway, it's go It's probably ahead. good. Uh-huh. It uh, never goes bad. It's basically plastic. <laughs> uh, the Thai kids got rescued from a cave. Yes. Yay, that's great. Uh, the people who made God's Not Dead are the ones who want to turn it into a movie. Pure Flix. Oh, no! Yeah, the people at Pure Flix, the studio that made all the God's Sorry. Not Dead movies. They're called Pure Flix? Pure Flix. Yes, with an X. No, thank you, Because they're badass. 
they were on site, like during the rescues, trying to get interviews with everyone so Ew. they could tell the story. That feels like it's in poor taste. And again, the, the concern is like we've seen or heard about God's Not Dead. Mm-hmm. Like, are you going to like Christianize this movie about a Buddhist soccer coach? Yeah, they talked about the how they like meditated the whole time. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? I don't want Kevin Sorbo to be <laughs> the guy rescuing everybody. <laughs> They said a couple things. They said, well, we plan to write a script focusing on the two British divers who discovered them. Talk about whitewashing the entire movie Uh because it's about the British divers who played the role in discovering them, but not the rescue efforts per se. Probably because they can't Um, find any Asian actors who would do this dumb movie. And they are Scarlett Johansson's available now. I also. (laughs) Oh, no. Beyond that, they said, don't worry, we're not going to put this through the same God's Not Dead machine. We also own a separate studio that makes inspirational movies that are not Christian. We'll make it through there. (laughs) But it's like, we don't, I don't trust them to do this movie any justice. Uh. Um, Now, there is also another competing studio that the Thai government is actually working with, saying you can make this movie and we trust you to do it. Um, but you can't stop another group from making a movie about this per over se. Can they get sued the life rights? Uh, I think they tried to get people to sign over their life rights. But if they didn't get that, then... I don't know that they... I think they might have. In any case, uh, I read some article today that said, like, it's possible you'll see two movies about the Thai rescue, one from Pure Flix and one from this other company. Maybe and others. And if you watch them at the same time, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like Dark Side of the Rainbow. Yeah, it syncs up perfectly. <laughs> um, but the, it's disturbing that, like... Oh, God, the Christian people are going to try to Christianize this movie that has nothing to do with oh Jesus. Oh, my God. That's in, not even nothing to do with Jesus, like aggressively non-Christian. <laughs> right. Did you hear about the Roe v. Wade movie and all the drama that's been yes. going on there? With Milo and Tommy, oh Tammy. Oh, my God. Uh, and um, mm-hmm. Stacey Dash. Oh, good. Okay. So, um, so if you're not in the know, there is a group. All the people who make a good argument for why abortion should be legalized <laughs> right. are making cameos in the movie. Yeah, Tommy Lauren is what yeah. you're thinking of. Tammy. They all make cameos her. in this movie. I don't even know who's making it or when it's supposed to come out. Well, so in theory, it's in production. Um, and... Essentially, what happened is people, cast and crew, crew more specifically is what, what I've been hearing about, have been brought on sort of under false pretenses about what the movie was. Um, so there was uh, somebody in particular who sort of came forward and was like, I did not know what was what this movie was. Like, I'm a camera guy. I'm sure I can find him if I looked him up. Like, I, I go on and do my job, right? And then he, the more he saw the script... It w- it's a story of Roe v. Wade from a p- pro-life, an anti-abortion standpoint. So from people, like, I obviously haven't seen the script, but I have heard from people who have seen the script. And apparently, so Stacey Dash plays um, Mildred, fuck, what's her name? Uh, Mildred, the woman who, doesn't matter, first woman who graduated from Yale Medical School, I want to oh, say. okay. Um so anyway, the, so she plays this particular... Stacey Dash being the clueless star... And nothing co-star, else. ...co-star. Yeah. Also a Pathios blogger. Yeah. What? I didn't know Stacey she's Dash the, and I had so much in common. She's part of the Bristol Palin circle. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. I've I, never talked to her, but... You haven't. I can't yeah. believe it. Mm-hmm. I can still quote her movie at her if she you needs can. me to. But also, anyway, she's like a monster and a like anti-feminist and yeah. is she's on Fox News a lot. Uh, there you go. That's all you need to know. Um, but these people would like go in and read the script, and apparently, like 
first of all, this script was garbage, just like in a qualitative standpoint. Like it was full of inaccuracies. It was poorly written, all this stuff. Um, but apparently all of the women who, like all the female characters aside from Stacey Dash's characters were just like loons, like absolutely like out of control, like these crazy women who need abortions. Um, anyway, it sounded like it's a big fucking shit show. It's still in production as we record this. So who knows what's going to happen with that? I'm definitely not going to see it, but like. If anybody Sounds wants to, like it's going to be horrible, like the sort of thing you would want to see because it's so bad. Yeah, it's... but I don't want to give them my money is the thing. So if somebody wants to, like, steal it from me, <laughs> <laughs> like the actual film reel. <laughs> I feel like every time the I don't want to give them money argument, like I've um, gone to the Creation Museum because it when you can see it and then trash it. Yeah, but that's I, what I'm saying. Like I would me. I would like torn it. I, you know, I would pirate it because I'm a <laughs> I'm a rebel that way. You rebel. No one's going to go through the effort of putting this movie on torrent site. I'm sure somebody would or just like <laughs> I just need somebody to go into the theater and like set up their iPhone and just record the screen. <laughs> it doesn't need to be good quality. Oh, Dottie wants to hang out with you, Hammett. Hi, Dottie. She doesn't like when you ignore her. Um Too so bad. Another, so I, I'm ready to move on to my good stories. Oh, what's Do a good story? Do you have bad stories? I, let me talk about this one good story that I liked this week, which is from the Center for Inquiry. They filed a lawsuit uh, because their nice letters were not getting anywhere. <laughs> they filed a lawsuit against CVS, the pharmacy. Yes. And basically what they said is you're defrauding customers mm-hmm. by selling homeopathic remedies. And again, maybe the argument is, well, a lot of Pharmacies sell homeopathic medicine, quote unquote medicine, but they're saying no, CVS deliberately misrepresents it. And what they were getting at, what CFI is saying is, look, homeopathic medicine isn't real. We know it's diluted to the point of basically being sugar water. It doesn't help patients. Uh, Maybe, I don't know if there's any, you can sell it if you want to, as long as it's labeled. And it is labeled as being homeopathic. Yeah, but not always the most prominent, nor do people necessarily know what homeopathy is. And here's the problem with CVS. If you go into their stores and you say, I need cough syrup, they just put the homeopathic stuff right next to the real Mm -hmm. stuff. And they don't say, this stuff don't work. Right. But this one's okay. They just have it there. And if you go to their website, CFI said... Uh, same thing. You could say, I want to look up, um, I actually did. I looked up arthritis medication on their website. There were two products right next to each other, one of which was the CVS brand arthritis medicine, mm-hmm. which is fine. Mm-hmm. And then next to it was the homeopathic Arnicare brand arthritis tablets, which says in small letters, homeopathic, but like you would never know it. So like they're basically suing, saying you're misleading customers. CFI specifically said in their press release, like homeopathic medicine, like they're shelled right alongside scientifically proven medicines mm-hmm. under the same signs for cold and flu, pain relief, sleep aids, and so on. And if you look up flu treatment on their website, it suggests homeopathic medicine Jesus. to you. And they said CVS is making no distinction between these products that have been vetted and tested by science and those that are nothing but snake oil. Mm -hmm. And keep in mind, the Food and Drug Administration, the Federal Trade Commission, they've taken action against homeopathic remedies, like saying you have to not sell baby products. You have to make sure it's labeled certain ways. And so CVI, I'm sorry, CFI is saying CVS is sending a clear and false message to consumers. Um... And see, this feels we'll like a really happens. good lawsuit. Yeah, it they 
seem to have all the facts on their side saying, look, we have pictures. We yeah. know it's on your website right now. Well, and there's no need to deny it. it. Like, no, if you want to, and this probably would be legal, CVS could still sell the bullshit, mm-hmm. but they would have to put it in a special bullshit category right. with a big sign that says you're an idiot if you're standing right in front of this I mean, aisle right here. I mean, that might hurt their sales a little if they do that. Whatever. But like, okay. The people who are buying it are worried. too dumb to realize that. <laughs> I have very little sympathy for them. But, like, again, you just have to separate it and say, this stuff doesn't work and we're not recommending it, but we want your money. If CVS said that, there would be no lawsuit. Mm -hmm. The fact that they're purposely saying this stuff, just blend it it right in and you could buy it, and the people who don't know any better, um, and maybe they're just ignorant. I get the ignorance. I wouldn't know what homeopathic (laughs) medicine means if I didn't actually, you know, look at this stuff all day. Yeah. Um, Fine. I get ignorance. But then CVS is not in a position where they can claim ignorance on this stuff. They know better and they don't care. So I hope this lawsuit works and then I hope it spreads. Maybe other uh, pharmacies too will start labeling these things so customers who don't know any better would know that if you actually want to get better, don't buy this, buy the other stuff that works. Yeah, and my understanding is that there's a pretty big problem of homeopathic medicine targeted towards children because Mm -hmm. uh, up to a certain age, like, kids can't take that much. And so if you're a parent looking for a way to, like, help your uncomfortable or sick child, most real medicine isn't really available or for your kid, but you can find, like, homeopathic cough suppressants or yeah. whatever, which, it, I mean, it's preying on people the prob- who don't know any better and just want their kid to feel better. Off the top of my head, I think there was a problem like last year where uh, some company was making homeopathic remedies with a product they shouldn't have been making it with. They found a way to screw up nothing. They had How? to make nothing and they put like a dangerous ingredient for babies in it and yet no. marketed it to babies. That's where the government stepped in and said, you can't do that. Jesus. And like CVS has been known to make some good decisions. They stopped selling Cigar- tobacco products. Yeah. Like they know when things are hurting their customers, they shouldn't be selling it. And if there's enough pressure, maybe they'll do something about it. So maybe this will lead them to do the right thing and just take care of it without even getting to the judge. You know, yeah. like if yeah. they just fix it right now, this they, it would all be a to... moot point right now yeah. and it would just go away. This so. doesn't need to go to trial by any stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, so over in Australia, yes, they're knocking it out of the park again. Um, apparently, so um, this is a thing I was not aware of until two hours ago. So um, Australia has something called a fa- uh, family tax benefit plan. Family tax benefit. So it's a government plan that supplements the income of eligible families um, to help with the cost of raising children. I didn't dig in too much about what that what eligibility is, but um, so now as of uh, uh, July first, so that just passed, um, parents who don't vaccinate their kids will lose part of that payment. So there will be a financial penalty penalty for parents who, who choose not to vaccinate their kids. Um, so uh, Dan Tehan, T-E-H-A-N, I'm sure I didn't pronounce that right. He's a minister for social services. He's an MP. He said immunization is the safest way to protect children from vaccine for preventable diseases. Parents who don't immunize their children are putting their own kids at risk as well as the children of other people. Um, so... And it's not a huge pe- penalty. So apparently, so these uh, tax benefits are biweekly. So parents can lose um, twenty-one dollars 
every two weeks per child if their child continues to be unvaccinated. Um, this is sort of the next step. Um, Australia has had a pretty good um, history of of being pro-vaccine. Um, so in 2016, they introduced a no-jab, no-pay policy, which is a weird title. And it meant that parents of unvaccinated kids could lose their benefit um, supplement for, for the same reason. Um, and then back in 2015, the government terminated uh, religious exemptions for vaccinations. Um, they also have banned exemptions for those who object to vac- vaccinations on a moral or philosophical level. So, so that's good on a, Australia. Uh, yeah, that's, You're that's very good news, forcing parents y'all. to get vaccinations for their kids. Yeah, which I like... And no... I think there are medical exemptions allowed, but not a... Well, medical exemptions are the reason that it's important that everybody else vaccinates <laughs> right. their kid. Right. Like, but if, not a religious or philosophical, like, I just don't want my kids vaccinated. Nope. Yeah. You still got to get it or we're going to hit you in the wallet. Yeah. Um, I think that this is a good... I feel like people get really squishy around vaccinations because they feel like gov- they feel government mandated anything is like not great. Um, it is the hill I would definitely die on in any good Facebook argument of <laughs> I don't give a shit what you think and what garbage you read. Your kid, whether or not they're vaccinated, has an effect on my family and my society. And cool, whooping cough is making a comeback. Like, neat, neat, <laughs> neat, gang. Something's happening in Portland. Like, measles is coming back in Portland. I'm going to Portland, guys. I don't want the measles. I think I'm immune. But what if I'm not? And I get the measles, and now it's my problem. And that's what it all comes down to. Well done, Australia. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go visit Australia, I guess. Yeah. Um, cool. I've got... What else do you got? Two more. Um, so the UK, we're going to continue our international romp. The UK is banning gay conversion therapy. Hey, look at that. Which is a really good, uh, really, really good news. If you don't know, gay conversion therapy is... This garbage that essentially if you're a person who is gay or a person who's who is gay whose parents don't like you being gay, you go to this place and they turn you straight by uh, questionable means. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I mean, we've heard everything from psychological efforts to electric shocks, yeah, which most of them say they don't do. Of tor- of type. When Mike Pence says he supports conversion therapy, it's not the electrical shock version as if mm. that makes it better. Mm-hmm. He says people should have the right if they want help with sure. their homosexuality. Well, psychological which... damage isn't a real thing, Hemant. So if mm-hmm. they're not physically harming them, then everybody's fine. Um so it was um, a 4.5 million pound initiative that followed a sur- um and I, I didn't go into this survey, but it's pretty interesting. There's a survey of LGBT um, people found that two, 2% of the 108,000 respondents had undergone conversion therapy, while 5% had been offered. Uh, Theresa May, the, the prime minister, um, said that she had, this is a pretty good quote, she had been, quote, struck by just how many respondents said they cannot be open about their sexual orientation or avoid ho- holding hands with their partner in public for fear of negative reaction. Nobody should ever have to hide who they are or who they love. This LGBT action plan will set out concrete steps to deliver real and lasting changes across society, from health and education to tackling discrimination and addressing the burning injustices that LGBT people face. So, Two things on this. Like, I think that's a really great quote from May. Like, I really like that. It also sort of made me um, even sadder, if possible, about this sort of stage of of American politics. Because 
it's not just like, yes, I think we are undoing good humanitarian things that we've done the last few years in terms of gay rights, in terms of women's rights. But beyond the, even if, even if Trump did nothing to like turn or overturn gay marriage or, or do anything like that, that would feel really like a real affront. We're not progressing anymore. We're not taking these kinds of steps anymore that are like, hey, you know, queer people, we see you, we care about you, we're going to try to make this society better. Now we're all back to fucking survival mode. (laughs) So we can't go after initiatives like this. I would love to see this kind of initiative in the U.S. We just don't have the bandwidth to take it on right now. It's state by state right now. And even in California, um, I believe, if I have this right, like evangelicals have successfully gotten the California Senate uh, to delay a vote on this thing to, to ban conversion therapy under the argument of free speech or something. But they don't care about, you know, the kids who would be affected by it. Right. Well, the people. They're not even all kids. Well, cool. I have one more. Do you have anything else? No. Cool. I have one more thing that... Oh, I'm glad I'm going to end on this. This is a very nice story. So, um, Buffalo Grove, Illinois, is a a community about an hour away from uh, where Hammond and I live. Um, And I I think I mentioned on the show, so I live in Aurora, which is, no brag, the second largest city in uh, Illinois. I live on the very, very outskirts. I'm basically in Naperville, but... We had our first uh, Pride Parade this year. It was awesome. It was 98 degrees outside. And it was thankfully brief. Um, I think I mentioned that I accidentally shook Bruce Rauner's hand, which, like, I really want to take that back because he's done some egregious garbage in in his whole career, but in the last couple, I'm going to go find him and take that back. Anyway, um, so uh, a young girl, um, her name is Molly Pinta, um, she's 12 years old. She's from Buffalo Grove, Illinois. Um, and she and her family marched in the Pride Parade. And she was really moved by it. She said, we felt so amazed and wowed. I imagine having that in my hometown would be so cool and seeing the town supporting the community. So she reached out to um, the the group called Indivisible Aurora, which is the group that um, sort of pushed forward to, for the, uh, the Pride Parade uh, here. Um, and her parents were super supportive. And she reached out and said, how can I... How can I get this in Buffalo Grove? So Chuck Adams, who's the founder and exec of uh, of Indivisible Aurora, he said, quote, we all couldn't help but be impressed and supportive. We're certainly rooting for her. Molly has such a self-awareness for her age, and we're just thrilled to be a part of it in any role we can play. So, so far, she's raised nearly, like, this is such a good feel-good story for once in our lives. She was raised uh, nearly six grand, uh, six grand on GoFundMe. She's gotten the support of town officials in Buffalo Grove. Wow. Um, Beverly Sussman, who's an elected official, she told NBC News um, that... Molly wants to make a difference and have a parade with purpose. Molly wants everyone to respect and accept each other. She hopes this 2019 Pride Parade will educate and bring awareness to the community. This is amazing coming from a 12-year-old girl. Um, After attending... So uh, in 2017, she founded a uh, GSA, Gay Straight Alliance, in her her school. Um, And after attending Pride this year, she found the courage to come out to her family and to her group. Um, and now she has like this dope ass rainbow hair and I love this little girl. Um, and so she said, people at the parade were so open and showing their true colors. I felt like I didn't want to hide anymore. I wanted to show my true, true self. So she like found the courage to hang out uh, to come out rather God. Um, and her goal is to get on Ellen and, uh, 
I just love everything about this story. Awesome. Like Good her, for her, like her family is supportive. The community is supportive. Like there's no villain in this story. Um, I love it. It made my heart warm. Good. That's a good way to end it. Yeah. Do you have any other uh, happy things this week? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching the Great British. So I was watching um, 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 Handmaid's Tale, okay. which is very good. Did start to stress me out after a while. So I switched over to the Great British <laughs> Bake Off. Okay. And fuck, that's the best show ever. Do you like? I have heard of it. I heard it's good, and I every time I hear the name of the show, I'm just thinking, oh, so it's like the Food Network, Bake Off, whatever <laughs> game shows, but it's not. It's, it's better, it's I heard. basically like the television form of Xanax. Like, mm. there's just something, like, it's a competition, but they make a point to, like, they show people, like, rushing or whatever, but it's not like a high drama thing, so <laughs> it's just, like, these very pleasant British people. And, it, like, the concept is wild for, like, an American audience because they it, it lasts over like 10 weeks or something like that and they start with 12 or 13 bakers and then they just like come out to the countryside every weekend and like bake in this tent and like go through a few rounds of things and one person gets eliminated and then they like go back to their life for another week and like practice baking things and go back to work it is wild and everybody is just like helpful for each Aww. helping each other and the, you know, the ple- there's a guy named Paul Hollywood, which is the most patently absurd <laughs> name that's ever happened. Um, they just talk about, like, oh, if you have a soggy bottom or a bad bake, you know, it's just wonderful layers. They say layers a lot. Layers. But just layers. I can see all the layers. <laughs> They're all very distinctive layers. I still won't watch it. It's a great flavor. <laughs> it's scrumpy. What did she say? Scrumpy? Scrimpy. When she says something's good, Scrimpy. Mary Berry. Her name. Their names are Paul Hollywood and Mary Berry. Those are the two judges. And there's two. You're giving ho- me no reason to watch this. There's two hosts, and they're a delight. They say all sorts of puns, um, and they're just like pleasant British people and just just good bakers. It's a good bake. Nice. You should watch. It's very good. This sounds like something I would never enjoy. Why? It's cal- <laughs> It's very soothing. You don't need to be soothed. I'll take soothed. your word on it. You have such an easygoing life. You don't need to be soothed. <laughs> okay, um, Hemet. We're good. Where can we find you? I'm at Hemet on the Twitters and FriendlyAtheist.com. Mm-hmm. I'm at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. Um, you can email us at FriendlyAtheistPodcast at gmail.com. Um, I think this week or next week, another episode of Fables is coming out that I did with my husband. If it hasn't come out already, question mark, Emmett? Uh, it will come that's out. That's code for no. Um, so that I'll should be coming up. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, reach out, right. say hi. Oh, leave us a review on iTunes. Did you um, go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast? Yeah. Okay. Do it. Well, we'll see you next week, Bye. guys. <laughs>